Welcome back to the Podcast Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Kavya, and this is episode 32 of the podcast. Super exciting. Um, this week, I have a super fun topic that I'm excited to talk about. It's a topic I'm very passionate about. I talk about it with all my friends on Twitter and IRL. Um, I, talk, I used to talk about it with my sister when she was more into TV and things like that. So I'm very familiar with it, um, and I have a lot of opinions and a lot of things to say. And this is a very discussable topic, so if anybody would like to discuss it in further detail, um, I'm going to explain how you can get into contact with me in a second, and I would love to talk about it with you guys. Okay, so before I get into everything and what we're talking about this week, please go ahead and hit the follow button, turn on the notification bell, you will be notified every time I upload a new episode, which is Fridays at 5pm Eastern Standard Time. I am so sorry that I wasn't able to post an episode the last two weeks. Two weeks ago, I was visiting the university that I'm going to be attending um, in the fall. And then, oh, because I'm transferring, which I think I mentioned episodes ago, if you listen to all my episodes. Um, And then last week, I was in New York City with my two best friends. So that was amazing. Um kind of just want to talk about that for a second like that for me was just such like an eye-opening experience I've never traveled alone before so my best friend and I um we took the train and we stayed with my other best friend who lives in New York City um she works on Broadway which is really 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 fucking cool um so we stayed with her And she kind of already knew the place, so she took us around and showed us everything. Um, And we went to go see six Broadway shows in the course of four days. And she did our makeup. um, And it was really fun because, um, you know, it kind of gave me more of a taste of being alone, which I've never experienced before. Um, And I realized, I guess, how much I liked it. And it also just really solidified how I feel about these people that I was with, um, and just, like, how comfortable I am with them, and how comfortable I feel, like, doing things like this with them, um, since that's, like, not necessarily an experience I've ever had before, um, and yeah, and the friend, like, the best friend that I went with, um, so the one that came from, like, with me, traveled with me, and, like, was with me the whole time, obviously, um, we want to move to New York, um, and be roommates after college, And just being there kind of really solidified that, like, that's really the place we're meant to be and the place that we're just, like, ugh, you don't even understand. It's the place that we're supposed to be. And um, that is just so amazing to me. And, ugh, I cannot even, like, put into words what that means and, like, how amazing that was for us. And we were just so giddy and happy the entire time. And it just really showed, like, this was the place for us. Like, we also just didn't get tired of each other at all. So I was like, this is literally perfect. Um, So we're so excited. And I just wanted to talk about that for a sec because New York is just this big place. And, like, like the city is huge. And obviously it's heavily glamorized in certain aspects. But I feel like for the careers that we both want to do, they're both very different. But still, like, they could both thrive in the city Um, And we would so be able to 
be there. And I just think that all the parts that were complicated about navigating New York City, like, are things that we could easily figure out um, together and all that good stuff. So it was just amazing. And I'm so excited to just kind of see where everything that I'm working on currently, like this podcast and this brand and where all of this can go and where being somewhere like there can take it. So I was just very inspired and just filled with ideas and just literally ah went insane I just I can't even like I can't even express it but but yeah I just I love it and um I'm so excited to kind of see um like everything that's gonna happen in the future like it just made me so excited for the future anyways let me continue everything I was talking about it just got so off track there but that was so fun. So I'm so sorry I wasn't able to upload those two, the last two weeks. Um, I was just super busy. And then the weeks just really, there wasn't a lot of time, especially for catching up on new things that even this week, I wasn't able to catch up on anything new. Um, I still need to finish this movie. Sorry, the new season of This Is Us. Um, I need to finish the new season of All American. I need to watch First Kill. Um, I need to watch The Wild season two. I still haven't done that. Um, I need to finish Love, Victor season three. Um, I started the summer I turned pretty literally today and I need to finish that, which I think like I'm literally breezing through that. That's going to be next week's episode. I'll tell you that right now. Um, so there's just so much that I need to finish. Oh, and I am, I did finish Stranger Things obviously, but, um, I'm going to do the episode on Stranger Things after volume two comes out. Um, because volume two is only two episodes. I wouldn't want to do a whole podcast on just two episodes. So I'm just going to wait for that and then do a full season four review. Anyways. Um, also go ahead and check out my bio. Um, there's tons of links there that you'll find with all kinds of information. Um, you'll be linked to the Instagram, the TikTok, and the Twitter. The Twitter is the best place to reach me, to contact me. I answer all DMs. I love interacting with you guys. Um, I've made a lot of friends on Twitter. I've also interacted with a lot of people that are podcast listeners on Twitter. I always respond to the DMs. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but please, please, please reach out um, if you have recommendations or you just want to chat. That's exactly what this podcast is for. That's exactly the point of this. Um, Let's see what else. Oh, yes, of course. um, There is my TV time, which is the best way to see what I'm watching in real time. My letterbox again, good to see what movies I'm watching, and then my Goodreads, best way to see what I'm reading in real time. So all those links are great, um, and also there are links to other platforms to listen to the podcast if you prefer to listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. But yeah, all right, without further ado, let's get into this week's topic, which essentially highlights how media has changed and how TV has changed. And the specific time frames I'm going to be looking at for that is kind of early 2000s, early 2010s, and then the current grouping, because I feel like these are the distinct categories where these things fall into. So for the 2000s category, we have shows like and when I say 2000s, I also mean late 90s. So late 90s into early 2000s. We have shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Charmed, Smallville, Gilmore Girls, Dawson's Creek, The O.C., One Tree Hill, Friday Night Lights. So there's a lot of shows that kind of fall there. Beverly Hills, 90210. And then kind of in our middle section, we have Gossip Girl, The Vampire Diaries, Teen Wolf, Pretty Little Liars, The Fosters. So many fun things. And of course, the current grouping of teen dramas is just it looks so different we do have some you know heavy hitting like this is a teen drama like nancy drew all american um 
legacies, trying to even think what's going on on these networks that I watch. I know there's quite a bit, but my brain's like fuzzy. <laughs> um, Cruel Summer, that one just came to mind. There's several, but I think the majority of it kind of lays in streaming service originals. So you have shows like Ginny and Georgia, um, Degrassi, like Next Class, like that section of it. Um, euphoria so just very very different groupings and we're going to kind of talk about how things have changed and um, kind of what the positives and the negatives of those what are the good things that have changed the bad things what needs to stay the same what's good that's changed and yeah so I'm excited to do that so let's get right into it so if you listen to this podcast and kind of just listen to the way that I talk about shows from the late 90s and the early 2000s you will know that that is my ultimate favorite grouping of TV ever. I think it produced the best media um, and definitely my personal favorite. Gilmore Girls, Dawson's Creek, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The O.C., Friday Night Lights, um, Beverly Hills. These are all of my personal favorite shows. They have my favorite characters, my favorite ships, Clovis from Smallville, Pacey and Joey from Dawson's Creek, Spike and Buffy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, what are some of my other favorite ships? Cappy and Casey from Greek, which I think, no, it's not really a middle show. I don't even know. I can't remember where, when Greek even aired. Um, anyways, uh, but uh, Jackie and Hyde from that 70s show. So, you know, it kind of just falls a lot into that early section. Logan and Veronica from Veronica Mars. So I really, really, really love kind of early type shows. I think what's super interesting is just how Beverly Hills 90210 was the turning point for teen dramas in general, because ever since then, we've never seen anything look the same. You know, everything has been so different ever since. Shows before that were so different, and that was kind of the turning point into moving from that soapy genre that did exist to kind of having a very focus um, just for teenagers. And um, that was something that was very, very interesting. And also something to note is that the target demographic for shows like even Gilmore Girls um, or The O.C. was for people a little bit older. Um, Something that's very important to note is just that kids, you know, that are a little bit younger, maybe 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, were watching Disney Channel and Nickelodeon up until the age of 12 or 13. That was kind of the cutoff demographic. Until like 14, 15 is kind of when they would transition into your Teen Wolf type TV shows. But with shows like Teen Wolf, Pretty Little Liars, The Vampire Diaries, kind of that point, those 2010s, was the turning point for age demographics and kind of changed who was watching what. And Disney Channel started to kind of lose that. And that is kind of where people mark the tip of Disney Channel was. And that was simply because they had to shift their entire age demographic down because people were starting to watch quote unquote older shows earlier than they usually were. Disney Channel was for kids up until tweens and preteens. People were watching Disney Channel as 12-year-olds versus today a lot lot of 12-year-olds watch Disney Channel and Nickelodeon anymore. So that's why the shows that are currently airing very much seem like shows for 7-year-olds because that is indeed the demographic and that is who they're targeting towards. And the shows today are now even more mature than they were in the early 2010s, especially with streaming services. There's a lot less... That people can say, no, I don't want this, you know, like with cable, um, depending on the network, the most popular networks for um, teen dramas over the years have been the WB, um, the CW, ABC Family turned Freeform, ABC in general, like 
those were kind of the networks that these shows were airing on. And being cable networks, there's certain things you can and can't do. TV 14 is kind of the highest rating that it's going to go. Um, and you're not allowed to, you know, show full nudity. You have to be careful with how much graphicness you're showing in terms of violence. Um, you know, in terms of swear words, you can't say actual swear words. You can't say fuck. You can't say shit. Like, that, those are words that are not, you know, they're just not a thing. And... With streaming services today, kind of a lot of those things get lifted, and even shows that are rated TV-14 on streaming services can use bad language, and then tipping it up to an MA when there's full-body nudity or something is really not considered to be a big deal, so now the demographic looks even different. So I think something important to take into account and into mind when looking at these shows and how they've changed over time is simply how slowly our younger generations have been becoming more and more mature earlier and earlier. And that can be a good or a bad thing, depending on how you look at that. That's honestly a completely different conversation that I don't really want to get into at all. But um, it's so interesting. I think early 2000s shows and late 90s shows are my favorites because there's a lot of simplicity when it comes to it. Um, it very much just follows a very similar formula. And my friend, one of my friends from Twitter, she kind of describes it perfectly every time she describes a show like Dawson's Creek or Gilmore Girls. She calls it a no plot, just vibes kind of show. And obviously there's plot. I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer definitely has a plot. But I just think that there's so much realism in these characters that I think a lot of that gets lost in today's media. Um, not all characters are heavily characterized versus they were in these earlier times. The characters on Dawson's Creek, for example, I can give a full character analysis, analysis for every single one of them. Every main character, every reoccurring character, supporting character, etc. Every character is fleshed out so well. You know their flaws, you know their strengths, you know their weaknesses, you know all aspects of their personality, you know what they would like, what they wouldn't like, how they would react in different situations, um, you know, who their people are. You really, really understand all aspects of these characters, and every single one of them, to a certain degree, is relatable. And you kind of understand where a lot of their decisions are coming from, because their decisions, a lot of times, are heavily explained. Joey Potter from Dawson's Creek is a character that's hated by a lot of people. She's my girl and one of my favorite characters ever, so I personally don't agree with any of that. And Jen Lindley, when the show was actually airing, was a hated character. Again, don't agree with that at all. She's my favorite character from Dawson's Creek. But Joey and Jen have so much relatability that even when they do things that are quote-unquote wrong or make a mistake, you completely understand where they're coming from. There's a lot of backstory there. There's a lot of reasons for why they act the way they do and those are things that are heavily fleshed out and heavily explained in shows that we have today like for example Jenny and Georgia you're not able to flesh out these characters as much because they aren't fleshed out as much there's not a lot to it um and if they are fleshed out you get maybe two or three fleshed out characters in every show and the rest of them are kind of sidelined or heavily heavily sidelined and you don't really get to find those points of relatability with everybody else Especially today, shows try to create ensemble shows more, and it doesn't always work, because not every show is going to be able to succeed the way Grey's Anatomy and Degrassi did with having these huge ensemble shows and being able to flesh out all the characters within. It's something that is a struggle and it is difficult, um, but you know, it's very, very hard to kind of see where those lines are and how those things can be explored. So something I appreciate about earlier, earlier TV shows is just how much better and easier it was to follow along and to go along with these characters. 
Um, They were a lot more relatable, they were fleshed out better, and you could understand a lot of the characters' motives more than you do today, which is what causes people to hate characters like Ginny from Ginny and Georgia. There's no point of relatability. Hating Joey, I can kind of be like, okay, sit back, let's see why Joey acts the way she does. This happened with her father, this happened with her mother, this happened here, this happened there. You know, you can really kind of draw and point and see where all her struggles are, and you form a consensus as to why she acts the way she does. Even Rory Gilmore, who's one of the most hated characters for some reason, I love Rory Gilmore, you can kind of point out and see where everything went wrong, why she makes the decisions that she makes, why her life looks the way that it looks. People say she's this and she's that and she's this and she's that, but people don't understand that that's the way she was raised, it's not her fault. Yes, she's privileged. It's because she has been raised to think she was the best at all times. And that's fully the explanation for why Rory acts the way she does and why she reacts to certain situations the way she does. So those are all very, very important. And that's kind of why I appreciate earlier TV shows more. I appreciate the no plot, no, just vibes type of shows. Very relaxing, very easy to get through. The characters are relatable. The ships are usually very well fleshed out. With streaming service shows, most ships are fast burns, um, which doesn't really allow as much, um, you know, development um, and to really feel, which is why all my favorite ships are, like, old age shows versus new age ones. But now let's talk about something positive on the new age side. On the new age side, I think that I really appreciate how, because society has changed, we are actually moving somewhere with diversity. We are seeing a lot more on our screens than we've ever seen before. We are seeing all races be presented and actually seeing more representation. We are seeing all different sexualities explored, different genders and gender identities. We are kind of seeing shows um, kind of... Uh, introduce those things. And so we're seeing a lot of things um, that weren't seen before. And those are definitely the positives from today's lens. And um, sometimes it's a great thing because it's important. Representation is important. And anybody that says representation isn't important is wrong. Completely, completely wrong. However, the times that it does suck is when some shows will add this diversity and this representation to kind of check that box however give them absolutely nothing to work with they'll put them in but they'll be the most sidelined character they have absolutely no plot of their own they barely are relevant they're a side character and that's when it really starts to suck because we want to see these characters actually be just as important as the white character or the straight character or the male character whatever it is that kind of represents the dominant um the dominant trait in society. So the quote unquote dominant trait in society. So, you know, I think that that's kind of the only thing that really does need to change. And I think that it is, it's a very slow and gradual change, but that's definitely something out of new age shows that provides some good clarity there. And I think when it comes to LGBTQ ships, I just don't find that ships today are as fleshed out and as well done as ships used to be so it sucks you know because I would love to see them be fleshed out more there are some that are so and I definitely think it's going to get somewhere it's just I never ever ever am able to connect with streaming service ships the way that I do with cable ships because they're longer and they're able to do a lot more but with that being said Willow and Tara are my favorite um 
you know, lesbian relationship ever portrayed on TV, which is, of course, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and then um, Mickey and Ian from Shameless, my favorite gay relationship, um, absolutely wonderfully presented, um, developed, represented everything positive that I can possibly say I have to say about those ships. So, yeah, so those are kind of two ends of that spectrum, talking about kind of the relatability that comes from earlier shows and then the diversity that comes from the newer shows. So, yeah, it, it kind of both a point for each. As for the middle section, I think this is when it capitalized heavily on going through that mystery slash supernatural phase, sorry, phase, where everyone was kind of um, into that. You had vampire shows, werewolf shows, witch shows, that was kind of what dominated this era, or it was mystery shows, it was overly attractive people. So this is kind of the heap of the overly attractive crowd, and usually what people think of. Um, when they think of these kinds of shows, a lot of things are just heavily glamorized in these kinds of shows. We have just rich culture and all kinds of stuff going on. Um, and I think the only show that kind of tries to do something similar to that today is Riverdale, where they try to do something, but um, it kind of fails miserably. So it's really not even worth talking about, but it is what it is. Um, so I think that's something that's super interesting. And as for where I lie with all of this kind of stuff, I think that I have to say that older shows will always be my favorite because I think there was a certain heart to them and a certain soul to them and a certain way they would present love, friendships, characters, personalities, insecurities, and issues that was so relatable and so well done because they were so simplistic. There was so much simplicity and it was always just so well done and that's something that not a lot of new shows are able to capture today. But of course, with new shows today, we kind of see how society has moved along, and that's ultimately being reflected in our media and on our screens. Despite what a lot of people, unfortunately, always have something negative to say, we do get to see some kind of positive reflection of society in our media. If there was something that I think should change, I really think they should draw from what made these older shows so successful. I just don't see, because new shows are coming out literally multiple times a week, Um, you know, and we do have popular ones like Stranger Things and Outer Banks, like so popular amongst younger crowds. Um, but with the exception of Stranger Things, I don't see anything holding this long-term grasp of a hold that some of these older shows were able to do. Buffy the Vampire Slayer will always be referenced in any form of media known across the world. And same with Dawson's Creek. Gilmore Girls will always be iconic and everyone will know who Rory and Lorelai Gilmore are. Even those middle shows, Pretty Little Liars, The Vampire Diaries, Teen Wolf, those kind of marked an entire generation of people and will always be known. Everyone is always going to know who A is, you know, want to discuss A, or they're going to, you know, um, wonder or know that Dylan O'Brien was Styles. You know, there's so much pop culture significance to those shows. And so, you know, with the amount of shows that we have coming out literally each week today, I don't see how anything today is going to hold that kind of power over future generations. Are we going to ever have more Brooke Davises and more Blair Waldorfs and Summer Roberts and just characters that we know? Or are we going to have more controversial characters like Helena Gilbert? Um or Serena Vanderwoodson, or Marissa Cooper, or Peyton Sawyer, or Rory Gilmore. I could kind of go on and on. 
Um, and then even with male characters, are we going to have another Jess Mariano with Damon Salvatore, kind of whoever your person was, Tim Riggins, um, Pacey Witter, Seth Cohen, Ryan Atwood. It's just, I just don't see today being able to kind of make those characters and ships and shows that will last across generations. And unfortunately, I'm not an expert here, so I don't know what the formula for that is. I don't know what needs to be done in order for that kind of media to spawn and to become popular. But I'm, I'm very curious to kind of see how things play out, because what's going to be the new thing? What's going to be popular and hold and what's going to kind of mark this generation and know as our pop culture, you know, thing? And those are the things that I want to figure out. And those are the things that I hope I'll get to learn about and explore as I study TV and film, um, which I'm going to do, and go into TV and film. You know, I want to know how to how that would happen. And I hope that I can kind of share those thoughts and experiences and those learning things with you guys on this podcast, because that's what I want to know. But anyways, um, this was a good debrief episode for me to kind of ease back into this. Um, I already told y'all that next week I'm going to be talking about The Summer I Turned Pretty. So exciting. But you can expect a Love, Victor episode probably after that. Pretty much as soon as I get those next two Stranger Things episodes finished, like as soon as that drops, it would become like that week y'all are going to get um, my Stranger Things episode. I can't remember the exact date the next two come out. So you can expect that. The This Is Us and All American, I'm going to get on those as soon as possible and watch those. I'll get on the wilds. Um, I need to watch First Kill. So those are all things that you can expect to come very soon um, on the podcast. Of course, I still keep keeping up with everything that's coming out in the world of TV. Um, while also trying to figure out how I can also make this a lifestyle podcast and just talk about life and things like that. So if you have any suggestions on how I can do that, please let me know about that as well. But yeah, that kind of brings us to the end of the episode. Um, thank you all so much for listening and bearing with my weird schedule. Um, and yeah, uh, don't forget to hit the follow button, turn on, turn on the notification bell and check out that bio for some links and that's all. So until next time, bye. Mm-hmm.